You're listening to the Cyberwire Network, powered by N2K. And now, a message from Cyberbit. Mastering cybersecurity is like mastering a sport. You build muscle memory through rigorous practice. Then you train as a team to foster cohesion while operating under pressure. Like athletes, cybersecurity professionals thrive on hands-on simulation. But traditional courses, certifications, and open-source labs won't build you a winning team. You need Cyberbit. Cyberbit offers a hyper-realistic simulation environment for your SOC, IR, and C-suite to refine your skills. All using the market-leading SIMs, EDRs, firewalls, and WAFs they use every day. Cyberbit is offering CyberWire listeners a free live fire exercise. Sign up your team now at cyberbit.com slash cyberwire. High-profile news sites are hit by an angler-driven malvertising campaign, developments in the cyber lawfare ongoing between the United States and Iran, a hacktivist star outs himself and reflects on his career. Apple's ultimate filings in the iPhone case say the government has shown neither necessity nor technical comprehension. And some thoughts on business email compromise, wire transfers, and lessons from the attempted heist at the Bangladesh Central Bank. I'm Dave Bittner in Baltimore with your CyberWire summary for Wednesday, March 16th, 2016. Some high-profile sites, many of them news services, have been hit by a malvertising campaign. Among the sites infected are some belonging to the New York Times, the BBC, The Hill, Newsweek, AOL, and MSN. Attackers using the familiar Angler exploit kit are driving the campaign. Trend Micro, Trustwave, and Malwarebytes noticed a spike in malicious traffic over the weekend and have been following the issue. Not all the payloads have been captured, but it seems clear that anglers serving up ransomware, for the most part to users in the U.S. Trustwave and Trend Micro report seeing BDEP and TeslaCrypt ransomware. Malwarebytes is showing some of the rogue domains involved in the attacks, which it says are affecting the Google, AppNexus, AOL, and Rubicon advertising platforms. Defense and remediation are presumably underway. Malvertising harms at least three classes of victims, the affected sites, the users of those sites, and the advertising platforms. We're still watching for the much-anticipated indictment of Iranian hackers for the 2013 cyber reconnaissance of the Bowman Avenue Dam in Rye, New York. There's speculation that the people facing indictment are the same ones behind Operation Cleaver, the campaign against regional airport security Silence broke in 2014. Iran itself hasn't been idle on the lawfare front either. A senior commander in the Revolutionary Guard says that they obtained 13,000 pages of data from devices carried by U.S. sailors captured when their riverine command craft was detained in Iranian waters on January 12th of this year. The devices scraped are said to be laptops and GPS systems. It's unclear what sort of information was extracted, but Iran says it's putting the data to good intelligence use. The Revolutionary Guard spokesman points out, airily and primly, that Iran returned the devices themselves, although it didn't have to, and that its extraction and use of the data they contained fall within Iran's rights under several international agreements. The Office of Inadequate Security publishes a long, interesting interview with Ghost Shell as the one-time hacktivist star continues his repentance and expiation tour. Ghost Shell's real name is Razvan Eugen Georgu. He's 24 and he lives in Budapest. 
Ghost Shell would do a lot of things differently if he had to do it over again. He wouldn't, for example, join Anonymous, which he characterizes as divided into sincere believers on one side with compromised hackers and false flag law enforcement types on the other. He thinks it's possible for both hackers and public representatives to rehabilitate themselves into legitimate jobs in IT or journalism. And he expresses guilt over having enriched security companies with the FUD he provided. But the main impression he leaves is one of weariness. All is vanity and chasing the wind. One interesting, bold, if paranoid prediction, Georga says he thinks the whole dark web will one day be revealed as the world's biggest honeypot. Password protection is an ongoing challenge for every organization, and many firms have turned to multi-factor authentication, or MFA, as a way of beefing up their barriers against intruders. Chris Weber is a security strategist at Centrify, where they offer a variety of MFA solutions. He says it's important that multi-factor authentication strike a reasonable balance. we got to make sure that the folks that are going to use it uh, have enough of a benefit from music and understand their part and actually aren't tripping over it all the time. What we want is the ability to have multi-factor authentication everywhere with policy and context and rule sets that are smart. And so they say, hey, if I have seen this person do this thing before, if it's a device I've seen before on my corporate network and the person has entered the appropriate password to get in, I don't need to challenge them for multi-factor authentication. The likelihood is very strong that that is the actual user it's supposed to be and not a bad guy masquerading like that user. But if suddenly something's different and you see that it is that user and it is that device that I've seen before, but it's coming from a weird network or a strange country or an odd time of day, or maybe it's a totally different device that we've never seen before, maybe that's the right time to challenge for multi-factor authentication and say, hey, do me a favor, check for a text message on, on your phone that you should have that I know about, and let's make sure this is really you, or let me give you a phone call and, and you can authenticate one or two, you know, yes, this is me, or no, that wasn't me trying to log in. You can learn more at centrify.com. Apple makes its last filings in the San Bernardino iPhone case before the case opens. The company says, first, that the government is adept at devising new surveillance techniques and so hasn't shown the necessity of the help it's seeking from Apple. And second, Apple says that the Justice Department's filings display a misunderstanding of the relevant technology so fundamental that it invalidates the government's case. The recent attempt on the Bangladesh Central Bank, foiled, we again note, by some alert proofreading at Deutsche Bank, should prompt enterprise introspection over authorization and security controls. Reflect, too, on the current and growing popularity of business email compromise fraud as an attack vector. All that glitters isn't gold, and not every email that displays the CEO's name in the sender field is in fact from, you know, Scrooge McDuck, Tony Stark, Daddy Warbucks, J. Jonah Jameson, and so on. You get the picture. So stay safe with your emails out there, and just think of the happy possibilities you now have for creative, honorable insubordination. Boss, I did see that email, but I thought I'd call you at home to double-check. Sure, I know it's 3 a.m., but better safe than sorry. Am I right? Boss? Boss? Your boss will understand. Or at least your boss may put some sensible controls in place after your boss wakes up and has some coffee. Every day, your IAM tech debt grows. Your multi-generational services struggle to work together. Building an identity fabric can fix this. It makes all your identity tooling stronger and allows you to connect any app to any service you want to use with zero coding, zero maintenance, and zero app downtime. 
Strata's identity orchestration platform separates the identity logic from your applications, so you can optimize existing IAM tools and manage them in a single control plane. Now, every vendor, standard, and architecture work together. In short, building your identity fabric means you can secure your non-standard apps, keep your complex access policies, retire outdated IDPs, and modernize in record time. So build your fabric with Strata Identity and get rid of tech debt for good. Visit strata.io slash cyberwire, share your identity priorities, and receive a pair of AirPods Pro. Offer valid for organizations over 5,000 employees. Connect today at strata.io slash cyberwire. The IT world used to be simpler. You only had to secure and manage environments that you controlled. Then came new technologies and new ways to work. Now, employees, apps, and networks are everywhere. This means poor visibility, security gaps, and added risk. That's why Cloudflare created the first-ever connectivity cloud. Visit cloudflare.com to protect your business everywhere you do business. Joining me is John Petrick, editor of the CyberWire. John, uh, we have this story about the dam in Rye, New York, being compromised by Iranian hackers. The U.S. is expected to hand down an indictment of those Iranian hackers. Since there's really no chance that these hackers are going to see justice, why is the U.S. going through the effort of indictment? Let me offer a little context first. We're not talking here about the Grand Coulee Dam. We're not talking about a big hydroelectric dam or some kind of massive threat of flooding or a threat to the electrical grid. It's a flood control dam. It's the Bowman Avenue Dam. This has been traced to Iran fairly definitively. So is there a sense that the Iranians wanted to be caught? Were they? Was this a, a, a warning that they, they wanted us to know that that was them? That's not clear. There's one Iranian hacktivist group that's claimed credit for the intrusion, but as a number of cybersecurity companies have looked at that, say, that's a group that's well known for talking big without really having actually done anything. So do they intend for the U.S. to see it? Senator Schumer, late last week, said that this was a shot across our bow. You know, he was there speaking in front of the dam, visiting the dam, so on and so forth. And Schumer, of course, was calling for additional sanctions against Iran and retaliation for this. But take Schumer's metaphor seriously. If you take a shot across someone's bow, you're doing that so they'll notice. You want to send a message. You want to get them to pay attention. It's a lot like indicting someone. You can have no extradition treaty to get, right? (laughs) That's absolutely right. And, of course, to be clear, uh, the hackers didn't actually change anything in the functioning of the dam. They didn't throw any switches. It It was exploratory. Yeah, as far as we know, that's true. Your question is, why do we bother indicting people like that? if we don't have any realistic prospect of of actually bringing them in front of a U.S. court. It's been longstanding U.S. policy to do what uh, FBI Director Comey calls impose costs on the creep behind the keyboard. If you can impose costs on individuals, if you can name and shame individuals, you may have some prospect, we think, uh, that is the U.S. government thinks, of altering international behavior. And then there's also always the chance you might actually get one of these guys, that we've certainly picked up U.S. law enforcement authorities, have certainly picked up Russian hackers abroad 
and places where they could get their hands on them because as one FBI agent uh, said at a meeting we were at, everybody wants to go on vacation every now and then. And if you're living in Russia, maybe you want a honeymoon in some nicer place. And when you do, the uh, famously dogged FBI is probably going to be there waiting for you. So these are some of the reasons why people would expect indictment. All right, John Petrick, thanks for joining us. Are lengthy security reviews pulling attention away from your security program? With the largest network of trust centers, Vanta can help you streamline security reviews to win customer trust, save time, and close deals fast. Proactively demonstrate security by showcasing key resources like your SOC 2 or ISO 27001 and provide real-time evidence for passing controls. And when a security questionnaire is required, Vanta takes the first pass for you. Visit vanta.com slash cyber to take a self-serve tour. That's vanta.com slash cyber. And that's the Cyberwire. We are proudly produced in Maryland by our talented team of editors and producers. I'm Dave Bittner. Thanks for listening. And now, a word from our sponsor, Zscaler, the leader in cloud security. Cyber attackers are using AI in creative ways to compromise users and breach organizations. In a security landscape where you must fight AI with AI, the best AI protection comes from having the best data. Zscaler has extended its zero-trust architecture with powerful AI engines that are trained and tuned by 500 trillion daily signals. Learn more about Zscaler Zero Trust plus AI to prevent ransomware and AI attacks. Experience your world secured. Visit zscaler.com slash zero trust AI.